Well, it's good to be in God's house this morning, isn't it? I don't know how your week has gone, but uh, I know there are some weeks better than others. But uh, we're in God's house to worship Him this morning and just open up our hearts to whatever God has for each one of us today. I read something uh, recently in an article that I wished I had read several years ago. It was an article on how to preach a great sermon or, or give a great speech. And in that article, it said that a great speech or a great sermon had to have two parts to it. First of all, it had to have a great beginning. You had to have something that was interesting to, to, to catch the attention of the people that would help them to stay with you through the rest of the message or the speech. And uh, the second part of a great sermon or a great uh, speech was a good conclusion. You had to have something at the very end that would capture their attention and then help them to remember what you had said in the beginning and throughout your speech or message. They went on to say that the closer the two are together, the greater the speech or the sermon. Well, according to that standard, I, I haven't always preached a great sermon. My boys used to come up to me after the service on Sunday morning and say, Dad, you don't get paid for overtime. And uh, they did tell me that on more than one occasion. So uh, I'll let you be the judge based on the standard of how close the beginning and the closing are this today. My scripture lesson is found over in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> beginning with verse 7. Would you mind standing for the reading of God's word? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You may be seated. May God add his blessings to his word this morning. <clears throat> and the thought I'd like to share with you is this. Knock down, but not out. Knock down, but not out. Chippy, the parakeet, never saw it coming. One morning he was sitting in his cage. A beautiful sunshine day. The sun was filtering through the window into his cage. He was perched in his little cage and he was singing the most beautiful song that, that he could sing. And then the next moment, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. It happened like this. On that particular morning, Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. About that time, the phone rang. She picked up the phone, and about the time she said hello, she heard plump. She knew exactly what had happened. Little Chippy had been sucked into the vacuum cleaner. 
And so in a panic mode, she threw the vacuum cleaner down and began to open up the, open up the bag. And, and there she found little, little Chippy. He was all dirty and, and dusty, but yet he was still alive. And so her first thought was, I'm going to take him to the bathroom and turn on the faucet and hold him under the water to try to clean him off. And she did. And about that time, she realized the little Chippy was getting cold, and he was, the little Chippy was shaking and shivering, and, and she did what any compassionate owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer and, and blasted Chippy with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, the reporter who had previously reported on the event just called the owner to find out how Chippy was doing, how Chippy was making it. Well, the owner replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. Chippy just sits and stares, and it's not hard to see why. Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from the stoutest of hearts. I wonder this morning, how many of you have ever been at that place in your life that you felt like little Chippy? You had been sucked in, blown over, and you had lost your song. You had lost your joy in the Lord, and you didn't feel like singing anymore. You know, when we lose our song, when we lose our joy, we lose our strength because the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so this morning uh, uh, in our text, we find that the Apostle Paul is, uh, is writing in this passage of Scripture. Here is a man, a man of God. He is saying to us that there have been many times that he has been knocked down, but not out. And so the encouragement that I want to bring to you this morning is this, that just because you may be down, doesn't mean that you have to be out for the count. Paul reminds us that even though at times we think we are at the end of our rope, we are never without hope. Remember that this morning. When we think we are at the end of our rope, we are never without hope. He is the source of our hope and strength this morning. We find that the Apostle Paul, throughout his entire ministry, he suffered many kinds of troubles and hardships and adversities for the sake of the kingdom. But regardless of the encounters that he had or the risk involved and the suffering that he went through, he saw them as opportunities, not as obstacles. Opportunities to demonstrate the power and the glory of God because the God that he served was the greatest God of all. I think that too many times people fall into the trap of feeling like uh, they are the victim of their own circumstances. <clears throat> and as a result, they allow those circumstances of life to just continually grind them down to what they say sometimes to a nub to a nub until they no longer enjoy the, the, uh, the liberty of living the Christian life. 
But I believe in this passage of Scripture that Paul is giving to us the formula, how that we can overcome trouble instead of allowing us to become victims of our trouble. What did Paul say? He said, we are troubled on every hand, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. That this morning is a testimony of confidence. It's saying to us that when we face the troubles and the trials of our life, and when we go through these battles of life, there are times that we may get knocked down but we don't have to get knocked out. And so the passage of scripture over in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, the righteous man may fall seven times, but what does he do? He gets back up again. He doesn't stay there. He may fall, but he gets back up again. You know, back in the 70s, before some of you were born, Timex had a slogan for the watch. Anyone happen to remember what that slogan was? It takes a licking, but it keeps on ticking. God wants us to endure the lickings, but yet keep on ticking. And so Paul addresses, I believe, the issues in this passage of scripture that I've used for my text this morning. And I'd like to apply this to our own individual lives. First of all, Paul said, we are pressed, but not crushed. One translator writes like this. We have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. The apostle Paul knew what he was talking about when he said he was pressed, shipwrecked three times, beaten, put into prison many times. He had the thorn in the flesh. I'm glad we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was because everybody would testify to the fact that they had the same thorn that Paul had. But something he had that uh, troubled him he had troubles throughout his ministry. And so I think the thought is that no matter who we are or how spiritually mature we may be, we're going to experience the problems and the pressures of life. He says, when we are pressed, we are hard pressed on every side. I don't know where your pressure may be coming from this morning, but I would guarantee that Everyone in this sanctuary this morning, uh, you are facing some type of pressure in your life. It may be financial reverses. When you thought you had your checkbook balanced to the very T and everything was going well and, and all the bills were paid, what happened? An emergency situation that robbed you of your extra cash. It may be emotional distress or relationship problems. It could be job problems or church problems. But there's so many things this morning that, that press in upon us that I don't have time to mention all of them today, but, 
this world is full of things that press us all around. It's called the big squeeze. Do you feel the squeeze sometimes in your own life? Is there anyone here this morning that knows what it is to be under stress? Do you know what it's like to be pushed and pressured in life? Do you know what it is to have things around you and about you that come in in such a way that you don't know which way to turn or, or what to do? The old saying goes that when it rains, it pours, and how true that is sometimes in our life. We, we think that our troubles are overwhelming and, and suffocating until we think that they will never let up. One storm after another, we find ourselves in these difficult times of our life, and we don't know what to do. I remember reading what one preacher said, we ought to be good to everybody because everybody is having a hard time. I look out over this congregation this morning, I see smiles and, and I see happy countenance and all, but yet I don't know what may be lying underneath that smile, th that burden or that trouble or that pressure that's coming in upon you right now. And uh, you may be pressed, uh, but I'm glad that we don't have to be flattened. We may be knocked down, but we can still keep kicking uh, because God is no respecter of person. No matter what our name is, he loves you just as much as he loves me and, and vice versa. Sometimes we feel like that we have more than we can bear, but, but my Bible tells me that God knows how much we can bear. Sometimes I wish the Lord didn't have so much confidence in me, but, but he knows how much we can bear. I read where the psalmist said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of some. Is that what he said? What did he say? He delivers them out of them all. A-L-L. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We may be pressed, but not crushed. Secondly, we are perplexed, but not in despair. One translation reads like this. We do not know what to do, but we do not give up. I think in today's language, it would read like this. I am confused, but I'm not freaking out. Have you ever seen someone freak out over a situation or a circumstance? You want to get out of the way. You don't want to be around. But, but Paul said, I may be confused, but I'm not freaking out. Can you imagine this morning the great apostle Paul, whom we think knew all the answers to every problem, but here he is saying that sometimes he is confused. Have you ever been confused? And you begin to ask yourself the question, why am I going through this? Why is God allowing this to come my way? I think all of us at times in our life have reached that point when we utter those words. I'm a child of God. What's going on? There's things that come into our life that we have to deal with, that we don't have the answer for. 
And we begin to wonder, why are these things happening to me? Have you heard people say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord why this happened to me and why that happened to me and, and so on. That makes good preaching. It just ain't so. You know, I plan on getting to heaven. And when I get to heaven, I don't believe I'm going to be concerned about what happened to me on this earth. What God allowed to come my way. I believe I'll be rejoicing around the throne of God and glorifying his name until the things that happen down here are no concern to me. And so sometimes we wonder. The Apostle Paul says we may be perplexed, but that's only half the story. He goes on to say, we are not in despair. We are not freaking out because we know that God is the one who is in control and the one who holds tomorrow. Several years ago, Lynn and I were going through a transition in our ministry and, and we didn't know what the future was going to be and what was going to happen and where we were going to live and how we were going to pay the bills. And, and I never will forget one day I was in my little 280Z, 78 280Z. Linda's not near as proud of that car as I am. In fact, she'd give it to you if, if uh, you'd ask her for it. But, but, but uh, I, I love that little car. And I was driving down 67, heading into Dallas. And I was pondering my, our situation and, and what was going to happen and how we were going to make it. <clears throat> when all of a sudden, the words of that song came to me, and I began to sing. If you heard me sing that day, you would have probably questioned my singing ability. But I was singing for my own enjoyment, not for anyone else's. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. You know the reason that we don't have to freak out this morning is because we know our God. God is our way maker. He's the one that's going to work it out for our good and for his glory. And we can stand on the promise that we know that what God causes to come our way, he works out for our good, not in the way that we think. Several years ago, Andre Crouch wrote the song of testimony, and, and you've heard it, and, and it's been a blessing to people down through the years, and at the closing of the, of the service, we'll, we'll sing the chorus, but it goes something like this. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow, yet he always brought me through. For if I never had a problem, never known a real struggle, I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his words. There's times this morning that we may be confused, perplexed, but we're not freaking out. We're not giving up. Thirdly, we are persecuted but not forsaken. One translator writes, we are perplexed, 
but God does not leave us. We are perplexed, but God does not leave us. The Apostle Paul was persecuted by the enemy, put into prison, persecuted by his friends. If we could have seen this weak Jew going up against the mighty Roman government, we would have probably said, Paul, you're not going to make it. You're too weak. You don't have a chance. You're fighting a losing battle. And yet in his weakness, what does he do? He proclaims his strength, a gospel message that withered the Roman government, a message that the mighty Roman government could not stand up against. The test of our ministry this morning and our faithfulness to God is not in stars, but in scars. Paul had the scars to prove his faithfulness unto God. We know that we are not only pressed by certain situations and circumstances of life, but we are persecuted by troubles, by trials, and sometimes by the enemy himself, the devil. Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and strongholds and darkness and spiritual rulers in heavenly places. We wrestle against these spiritual forces and they are real this morning. Satan is our enemy. And Paul tells us that the devil wanders about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, sometimes we like to blame every trouble and everything that we go through on the devil. And I think sometimes the devil gets a lot more credit than he's due. Sometimes God allows things to come our way to keep us out of danger. I know that many times in our travels down through the years, we've stopped at a, a little place to eat, to get a snack. And when we would leave there, we'd go down the road just a little way, and there would be a terrific car accident. And I've often thought, did the Lord impress us to stop, to keep us out of an accident? I believe he does sometimes. That flat tire that you had, the devil did it. The devil didn't do it. You may have run over a nail. That caused the flat tire. The devil didn't stick one in there. But it may have caused you from an accident. It may have caused you from something down the way. And so... Has it ever dawned on you that the devil doesn't want you to go to heaven? He doesn't want us to go to heaven. In fact, he's working overtime. Even while you're sitting in your pew this morning and, and you're trying to listen to the message, the devil is still working a way to get you to miss heaven. But yet I'm glad this morning that God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us that he's always with us, even unto the end of the world. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He's the one that comes and shuts the mouths of the lion. He's the one that parts the, the Red Sea. Our God this morning 
is a faithful companion, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There may be times that we may, be, we may face persecution. But the promise is, we will never be forsaken. He's always there with us. God does not leave us alone. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Last, we are cast down, but not destroyed. One translator writes, we are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. In today's world, it would mean this. I may be bloody, but not broken. Tremendous statement. Paul testifies that there have been times I have been struck down. I've been on my knees, but I have not been destroyed. In other words, the enemy punched him so hard until he fell down, but yet he was not destroyed. Have you ever got decked in the nose? How's it feel? Not too good. Tears begin to come down your, eye, your cheeks and you get weak knees. And You know, when I was in school, in, in PE, they had, they had boxing matches. I don't know whether they do that at school anymore or not, but they'd let you put on the gloves. And, you know, I, I'd, <coughs> I'd try to pick out the littlest guy I could find. Thinking my chances were a lot better to, to deck him in the nose and him deck me in the nose. But it doesn't feel good. But in life, sometimes we feel like we've been punched in the nose and we have to deal with those hurts and those wounds. And they may come from the past or even the present. And sometimes they'll come in the future. It's how we deal with these things that determines whether we will be knocked down or knocked out. That's the difference. There may be some here this morning that I'm preaching to, you've taken, a, you've taken quite a punch from the devil along the way. A punch that was so hard that you were knocked to the ground and you thought you were going out for the count. So ferocious that the devil thought he had you. But somehow, by and through the grace of God, you had strength to get back up again and continue running the Christian race. Battered, bruised, hurt, but yet not destroyed. Just a side note this morning. Some of the hardest punches that you may take in your life will be from so-called Christians. Some who claim to be Christians can throw the hardest punch even harder than the world. Paul's saying something like this, I'm struck down, but I have not struck out. I may have two counts against me, but I still have one more, and I'm not striking out. And even though things happen to us that we do not understand, things that come our way that we don't think we deserve, and, and things that we can't handle anymore, I have good news for you this morning. Uh, you do not have to be destroyed. You do not have to be defeated. No matter how many times you may get knocked down by a trial or a tribulation or a disappointment by a heartache, 
as long as you get back up, the fight's not over. I know there's a lot of people excited about the Super Bowl today. New Orleans not in it. So it's not going to be near exciting. But, you know, I begin to think, you know, every time one of those runners get that ball, what's going to happen? He'll probably get tackled. He'll probably get knocked down. Every time a receiver catches the football, he'll probably get knocked down. And sometimes I have seen some very ferocious hits. And you wonder, how in the world could they get back up? Did they lie there on the turf and pat the turf and say, I'm not getting back up again. I'm not carrying that ball anymore. They knocked me down. No, what happens? They get right back up. They're trying to get to the goal line. They'll get back in the huddle. If their numbers call, they'll get that ball just like they did before. They'll run just as hard as they can, expecting possibly to get knocked down. But they'll get back up. You know, this morning, we're running toward a goal. We're headed toward the heavenly goal. And sometimes we get knocked down. Sometimes we don't feel like getting back up. But yet we do just the same because we want to make the goal line. We want to make heaven in the end. You know, if you don't remember anything else, remember this this morning. The only one that can keep you down or on the mat is yourself. If you stay down, it's because you stay down. Because there is a, fa a Father in heaven who can and is more than able to carry us through. I read where the Bible tells us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he falls, he is not utterly destroyed. And even in the closing moments of the life of the apostle, he was able to say, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Derek, would you come at this time and prepare for the closing song? This morning, we may be pressed, but we don't have to be defeated. We may be perplexed, but we don't have to give up in despair. We may be forsaken, sometimes by family, by friends but you'll never be forsaken by the Lord. We may be cast down, but not destroyed. I like what the psalmist said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Our Father, go with us this morning. Keep thy hand of protection upon us. Use each one of us, Lord, for the honor and the glory of God. Help us to be overcomers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.